I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy. I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I draft a lot, ayy, and I ain't a junkie, I just draft a lot. I ain't really got a lot of thoughts, I just pack them in a box. So I popped up on this pod, now I'm outside of the box. When I pop up on the clock, last thing I think is talk. See, I'm winning it now, loving it three and a thou. They peeping my style, peeping it now, steadily growing my Dow Jones. Oh no, these kids be thinking they prowl. Oh no, no, immediately throwing the towel. See, when it's different, it's different. Go position by position, ain't no issue. Commission as a commission, I just listen. They envision my vision and my division. I'm stealing, cause I be willing and dealing. Find me the trade, cause I'm a fiend. I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Ain't no denying my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. See, I'm a junkie, ayy, and I'm a junkie, ayy. Be getting high off my supply, I'm a junkie, ayy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. I am your host, Rocky Petrella at Dynasty FF Addict. Uh, and I'm sorry, Russ would kill me. I need to mention that we are a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts podcast network, DAP network. And uh, this week, uh, I have another guest host on with me. It's uh, Drew Dotson of DLF. Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. We're we're in the midst of playoff season. Uh, part of it's a product of being in a million leagues, but I still have thirteen teams alive, so I'm pretty happy about that. Uh, I'm jealous. That, that's out of thirty plus, though. So, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm in twenty plus, and I think I got three left. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, had a lot of snow recently uh, uh, the, the last day or so, and uh, as, as did our guests, and it's uh, it's affecting his internet a little bit. So please. Ex- Excuse his audio if it goes in and out a little bit, but we have uh, uh, the smartest dummy I know, Zach Reed, on the podcast <laughs> for his second appearance. Zach, how you doing? Uh, I'm I'm great. It's good to be here. Uh, yeah, you. We get uh, about 20 inches of snow in about six hours today. So I know it wasn't what places in New York and in Pennsylvania got, but it was enough for me. Yeah, yeah, we only got about five or six inches, so I, I, I didn't get it too bad here in Philly, um, but, but yeah, I, I, I hate the snow, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's over with, and uh, I did my shoveling today, so. Uh, Man, I, live in, <laughs> I live in coastal Mississippi. I don't even know what snow is. <laughs> we get sun and sunburnt, and then winter comes, and it's sixty. <laughs> I'm sure if you ever get a couple inches, everyone there freaks out. It's we. I, I was. I lived in uh, the middle of Mississippi a few years ago, and it didn't even snow. It just like sleeted over, and everything turned icy, and everything <laughs> shut down. It was bonkers. <laughs> Roads were empty, and I, I learned how to drive in Chicago, so I was you know at least somewhat prepared. And you know, I, I was using my ID to scrape the the mirrors and the windows because you know i'm in mississippi what do i need an ice scraper (laughs) and i tore that thing up and i got pulled over later in the year and cops like this isn't even a real id i'm like it was ice i don't know what to do (laughs) (laughs) yeah so the first first real snowfall of the year but uh at least we got football and uh we're gonna go right into our fantasy face-off here fantasy face-off which uh, this week, uh, it actually came from a, a trade offer I got, um, which was uh, I was offered, uh, I was told I needed to to add to the 101 to get Lamar Jackson. I was like, hmm, I'm, I'm not sure about that. So 
uh, I, I decided to pull it uh, on Twitter. 1,038 votes was 58-42 uh, in favor of the 101 versus Lamar Jackson. Uh, and, and I'm still not entirely sure. So, so Zach, what, what do you think? Would you rather own the, the Lamar Jackson or would you rather have the 101, which I'm sure we're all assuming will be Trevor Lawrence? So I think for me it ends up being a little bit of game theory uh, because I have seen Lamar Jackson already break fantasy football. Uh, you know, you've seen him be the, the QB one by a ton with with his rushing upside. You've seen him be QB 10 this year, and everyone thinks he's terrible. Okay. <laughs> QB 9 by PPR, by, by yeah, points per uh, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, and so you know, I, I'm never not going to want Lamar Jackson because of that floor and ceiling because this is a bad year and he's a top 10 quarterback. But – the community, I think, is going to whip itself into that frenzy with with uh, Trevor Lawrence. You know, so that one on one by the time the rookie draft comes up is going to be, you know, so much more valuable than Lamar Jackson because people are going to forget that two years ago Lamar Jackson broke football. They're going to remember that eh, he was all right this year, and so where it stands right now for me, the one on one has potential to leap. Uh, Lamar Jackson in the, the air quotes, the value. And so that's where I would end up. And and then I think you could probably trade the one-on-one for Lamar Jackson plus uh, easily during, during the draft or right before the draft. So I want the one-on-one and I want that predictability and value because you know you have that and it's going to go up from now until that draft. Definitely. So that, that's where I end up. Yeah, and apparently just not in my league where the guy thinks thinks I have to add to <laughs> at least right now anyway. But but Drew, where where are you at with with these with Lamar Jackson and and the 101? I think it depends heavily on what my team makeup is. If I'm going into next year looking at, you know, a possible championship run, you know, I I could take that 101 and hope that I get the value increase and flip him for another quarterback that's going to do well for me in the fantasy playoffs, but if I can just hold on to Lamar and, you know, know that, I mean, in 2019, he was, I want to say like five points higher than the number two quarterback in points per game. Yeah. And that, and then even this year, he, his best receiver is not counting Mark Andrews is Marquise Brown. And Marquise Brown is just dropping balls everywhere. Get him a solid possession receiver. Somebody who can, he can dump the ball off to reliably. You know, maybe he'll pass more than 17 times a game in these last two games, and he's still breaking 20 plus points in in a regular scoring. You know, point, ninth in points per game. I'm taking it. I, it's a, put it in the bank. Joe Burrow's going into a better situation than Trevor Lawrence is uh, when he did in 2019, and Trevor Lawrence is either going to the Jets or, barring some strange world where the Jets beat. What you know, either the Browns who are doing great, or the Rams and New England at home, they're they're walking away with the one on one, and he's he has no backup. He, he has Mims as his only decent receiver because I I'm, if I'm not wrong, Crowder's almost out of there. Um, they have no run game. Their O line is meh, and Burrow went in with two solid wide receivers. You know, a solid running back, uh, also a meh offensive line, but he's 18th in points per game this year before he got injured. I'm not expecting Trevor Lawrence to come in and do better than that. So if I'm competing, I want the guy who's going to give me points right away. And 
I think another good year and Jackson's value is right back where it was. I mean, he may not be number two because Murray's shown so much this year that, you know, people are going to catapult him up, but yeah, I love Trevor Lawrence and I'm all about it, but I think I'm still taking Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And then you brought up something there that I, w- I was going to ask you guys is, is where obviously last year was probably the best well ever seen Lamar Jackson, but do you think he is closer to that or closer to what we're seeing this year? And uh, you cannot answer somewhere in between. <laughs> Drew, what do you think? I mean, I'm taking. I, I, I'd say no, he's, I think closer he's closer to, to I think he's that closer. number one quarterback than he is to the number nine quarterback. I think Mahomes is going to be the Peyton Manning of fantasy football for the next 15 years, where we could count on him to be the number one any given year. But I don't see Lamar or Murray being that far off for being the number two. Uh, and then Trevor Lawrence and Burrow will be good, but I think they're gonna their teams are gonna have to build around them a lot more. Where Lamar has already got a great team around him, Patrick Mahomes already has a great team around him. Kyler Murray's consistently performing despite you know the weaknesses in the team around him. So I'm I hate to say that you know I, I love overdrafting rookies and getting hyped on them and everything, but. For once, I'm going with the proven talent, and I think Lamar Jackson is going to be closer to that ceiling we saw last year than he's going to be to the bottom of the QB1 tier. God forbid. <laughs> okay, Zach, and I, I know you did go out on this again. I'm not I'm not sure. I think you're back. So what were you going to say about that? <laughs> oh, I, I, think, I think Lamar Jackson is, is closer to what we saw last year than what we've seen this year. And, and the other factor that, that we've completely just glossed over is Marshall Yonda. Uh, retiring that offensive line just completely changed and and if if we've learned anything about offensive lines it's uh, the fact that they need consistency and they need time to gel and and that hasn't happened yet with this new iteration of Baltimore's offensive line and so yeah like I think Lamar Jackson is closer to a top four quarterback and he is a, a you know a top 10 or top 12. Yeah, and I, I think I'm with both of you on that. But I, I still think I agree with uh, what you said, Zach, about the whole game theory thing, that I think as we get closer to the draft, um, you may be able to get Lamar Plus. People people love the shiny new toy, um, and, and Trevor Lawrence is one of the most hyped quarterbacks, probably since Andrew Luck, I think, is probably the most hyped quarterback prospect. And, uh, and in this league where I got this trade, I – I don't have outstanding quarterbacks, but I'm in the semis. Um, I'm still in the playoffs. That's one of those 13. Uh, and uh, I, I have Baker and Brady, which have been doing well enough for me. So uh, I, I was fine with uh, not adding uh, to the one-on-one to get Lamar. Uh, he's definitely an upgrade over those guys. But uh, I think I, I think that I would rather, like you said, hold on to the one-on-one and maybe I get Lamar or someone in that tier plus something if I decide to, to pass on Lawrence come draft time. But good discussion there. So we'll move on to our commissioner corner. And this week, uh, I actually just recently uh, – somebody had left a league and I got asked to, to be uh, added to it, if I, well, if I wanted to join it. And uh, this league – 
uh, once a new owner comes in, it triggers the chance for a second chance dispersal, which was brought up. Uh, obviously, that's not happening yet, but uh, I, and I actually kind of like this team, so I don't think I'm even going to participate in it, but, but it still allows the other owners to do it. So uh, I was just curious what your thoughts are. I'm, I'm not a big fan of second chance dispersals. I know some people think they're fun. I, 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 maybe I'm old school. I just kind of think that, you know, you build your team and you got to live with what you've done in the past. And, and if, if you screwed it up, then, then you have to work your way out of it. I, I, especially if you're, if you're one of those lower teams, you, you may be improving just because of this second chance dispersal, but I know a lot of people like them. So I wanted to see what you guys thought, Zach, what are your thoughts on second chance dispersals? See, I don't, I don't mind them, uh, especially because it, it does it, it, it twofold for me. Um, it gives, Obviously, the the players in the league a chance to to redraft their team, which which I know that you don't like that, but it also gives the owner coming in a chance to put his or her stamp on that team. And and for me, like I don't build uh, the way a lot of people do. When I come in and, and do a startup, well, and you know, because you you you're in a league with me, Rocky, where mm-hmm. like I came in and drafted receiver after receiver after receiver after receiver after receiver and I will take my chances in rookie drafts because that's that's probably my best uh asset as a as a fantasy football player is I'm very good at scouting and and rookie drafting and and so I will uh stack up those younger uh, wide receivers who have a pretty good ceiling, at least in my estimation. So like uh, Calvin Ridley and, and Tyler Boyd and, you know, that, and I got a bunch of Justin Jefferson this year because nobody liked him in the, in, to start out in the draft. And so I got him at like 105, 106, 107, you know, and, and so for me to be able to put my stamp on a team when I first come in, it saves me two or three years of, of rebuilding, which I mean, I like, but I'm not. I'm not very good at trading. I, I mean, was like, just gonna say that because uh, I, I was gonna say you. I've heard you time and again yeah. say you're not good at trading. And to me, what you're saying, I, I I always will put my stamp on a team, but I'll just do it by trading all the guys yeah. on my team already. But but like, and I, I'm so bad at that. And so to be able to come in and just say, okay, this is my team, rather than, oh no, what do I need to do? You know, who who can I talk because. The other part about coming into a league new is you don't know the the people in the league. And so that's another thing that I do. I mean, I subscribe to the Leo Pasiga. I like I have my notebooks you can see right here. Like I, I've got my notebooks with me. I've got my notebooks on all the guys in my league. I've got my notebooks on, you know, how they kind of maneuver and how the league works. And so if I'm coming in fresh and I don't have any of that and I'm a terrible trader, I'm in a lot of trouble. I mean, I, I admire the, the the time it must take to do that. I, I, I could never do notebook, especially like we said, with the number of leagues I'm in. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, like I'm, I'm only in 10. So like, okay. plus, plus I'm a writer. <laughs> only but like, 10. Some people yeah. will be like 10. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but anyway, uh, I also, I, sh- I should mention, because uh, I didn't off the top, just if, if anyone listening who does not know what a second chance dispersal is, it just, like we said, when a new owner comes into the league, uh, it allows all the other owners to decide if they want to be in this dispersal draft where if they decide to do it, 
everyone on their team, including picks, is up for grabs, and everyone in there just kind of drafts. It can be four or five, six teams, three teams, however many decide to do it. So uh, I just want to make sure that was clear to everybody listening. But, Drew, wh- what do you think? I, I have to agree with Zach. I think it's it's a great way for not only for you to put your stamp on a new team, but a lot of times you come in and you take over a rebuild and you if you're going to go into rebuild mode, you get off three or four good trades where you trade off your valuable assets to guys and get younger players or picks. And then you wait a year and you're just sitting around in the league kind of farting around and you don't have a whole lot going on. So it's, it's harder to become ingrained in that league. Whereas you draft and you spend time with the league, you know, you're, you're drafting against at least one other person and kind of getting a feel out at least for them, see what they're interested in. And, and, I like that you brought up the picks because I've heard of people doing the second chance dispersal without including the picks. And I couldn't imagine doing that because you almost, it's almost incentive to draft as bad as you can with as young as players as you can and just set yourself up for that one one going a year forward. Um, but I, I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. Um, but I, there's, you almost have to have a group of player of team owners going into it that aren't malicious because some people will give it all up for the future and, and try and win absolutely this year and trade away all their, their future assets and throw bunk into the, into the dispersal pool. And it's, you're kind of left in a shitty situation. Pardon my French. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like I said, yeah, I guess then, I'm just, then you're back, you're back to like the, oh, am I, am I, am I paused again? No, no, you're good. You're good. I'm oh, sorry. sorry. No, I said then you're 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 back to that that thing that that Russ always says, that outhouse always says. That is an owner problem, you know, not a not a, a right. rules problem. So right, have good That's owners, good and you don't have that problem. Yep. Yeah, and I get. I guess I'm just like I said. I'm I'm old school. I always tend to be. I just it took me until probably like this past year to finally come around on the whole no trade deadline thing. I, I'm totally on board with that now. Um, but for years, I I I always wanted a trade deadline at least before the playoffs. Just out of curiosity, are you guys both no trade deadline guys? Kill them. Uh, six one half a dozen the other for me. I like I like <laughs> the leagues that I'm in that have them because I think it drives a whole bunch right before the the right. playoffs. But then, you know, I, I'm in a, a couple of leagues with Russ and, and leagues that, that don't have them, and I'm fine that way too. I just traded uh, and, and added Travis Kelsey for my uh, imminent demise in the playoffs where, where I come up just short in spite of trading everything for Travis Kelsey. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> to me, the, the, the trade line is a bigger benefit to the, the guys who missed the playoffs because – okay, I barely missed the playoffs. I don't think I've got to run in a, another run next year. Let me start trading off these these older guys that maybe have a year or two left and start getting my rebuild ready for next year. Whereas when January runs around, nobody's going to want Julio Jones. Nobody's going to want right. Frank Gore. And and for the playoff teams, like I have a team that we just went to the playoffs and I lost Will Fuller the, the, the week going in and you know, he was what wide receiver six or something on the year. That's a, I mean, that's a huge guy to lose going into the playoffs and not counting injuries. And, you know, it, it sucks to just be the number one team and then have that all torn apart because of bad luck. Yeah, were you saying you think the trade deadline helps this? I was just thinking that actually I think the no trade deadline helps those teams because the closer I think some of these contending teams, you know, as we get to week 15, like we are now, people become even more you know, desperate for those points. 
and will 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 overpay for for somebody who's going to give them points. And I think that I think the no trade down kind of helps those playoff non playoff teams even more. Oh yeah, in the playoffs. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, that's absolutely. Okay. What I'm, I thought you were saying the trade deadline helps them just before the. Okay. Yeah, the teams I the, the leagues I'm in that have the trade deadlines, I find that a lot of times the trade get deadlines come and go, and you, almost nobody notices because you're either just getting into the playoffs and you're looking at six teams, and the number six seed doesn't want to pay up because they're you know who knows how good of a a, a matchup their week one is going to be, and then the guys with the first round buyer feeling so cocky and confident that why pay up? I'm already <laughs> I'm already killing it in here. Yeah, I, I that's that's what I was thinking as well. Though I, I'm one of those guys who's going to keep adding no matter what. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I am definitely a, a trade addict for life. So, um, <laughs> so <laughs> excuse me. Um, that was a good commish discussion, and now we'll move on to our dynasty strategy segment. Uh, a lot of weeks during the season, we've started off with injuries. Um, I put on the show sheet some guys, Stafford, uh, Mostert's iffy, Gasicki has a dislocated shoulder. Um, I, I'm just not really sure there's any actionable dynasty content off this stuff. Like like, like Zach, you said on your recent pod, at this point, there's not a lot of in-season yeah. actionable stuff at this point. Um, is there any comment you have on any of these guys that, that are hurt, or do you want to just move on to the next topic? The one thing I will say is – uh, with Gusecki going down and that kind of the the reliance on the shorter passes and and that you know that Tua has has shown, I do think Lynn Lynn Bowden uh, is a, is a guy who may be interesting at the you know at the back end of a flex play that sort of thing. I have him on a ton of rosters because I didn't know how a team was going to use him, but I knew. That I like the the man led the SEC in rushing. Uh, he had been a quarterback. He had been a wide receiver. I don't have any idea what the Raiders were doing putting him at running back. Um, they because, didn't either. Yeah, because he'd never done that. But but he he saw a really nice snap share and a bunch of targets last week. And New England is a team that will try to make you beat them with your secondary and tertiary pieces, and he is that. And so this may be a week where I think I'm going to plug him in uh, in my home league. I, I just activated him off my taxi squad because I, I uh, John Brown is on the IR with his ankle and and who knows about Jamison Crowder. And so I, th I think it may end up being Lynn Bowden as my last pack. So just that's one little tidbit. I try not to be too actionable at this time of year, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Lynn Bowden calls. I mean, especially in those leagues without trade deadlines, I think the Dolphins are gonna are starting to look at themselves as potentially out of the playoffs. So yeah. let's take inventory of what we have for next year. Is Lynn Bowden a guy we want to carry over into next year, or is he cheap enough where we can just cut him and cut our losses and move on? Right. So I think they're gonna want to see what they have in him. Yeah, and I know you were upset, Zach, in in a league, uh, definitely not a new league that we're in. Um, <laughs> that you that you did not start Lynn Bowden last week. Yeah, I so believe. I I activated him and I was like, I'm, I'm, and then I didn't start him. And I was like, man, I outsmarted myself. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but we'll get into to some of the strategy talk that we have on, on, on the sheet here. Dynasty strategy. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, uh, especially this time of year, if you're still alive in the semis, you're, you got to think you're a legit contender. So on legit contenders, how do you handle balancing this year with future years when it comes to trading? Uh, are you, 
do you guys like to 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 sell out and just go for it all uh are you trying to hold on to to as many young i mean obviously you want to hold on to all the young assets you can but how willing are you to 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 trade away for 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 these playoffs especially in week 15 when there's only four teams left uh drew i'll let you start and then and then zach it's it's kind of an interesting balance you have to take because Great. It's down to just four players that are or just four owners that are going into the playoffs. But I also have to say, you know, my team was strong enough to get me to this point. How much am I really going to add that's going to get me even farther? Uh, And, you know, I I like I'd almost rather invest in those stronger pieces midseason. Like I picked up Aaron Jones around week six or seven. And I mean, I gave up Jalen Rager in a first. So I paid out of the future completely. But. You know, I ended up having Kamara as my number one running back going up to that point. And now with Hill in there, it's it's it worked out that I had a backup running back that was solid and really could carry me. And now I'm I'm looking at the playoffs and being the first seed. But if if I'm looking at it now, I mean, I had a trade deadline, but in that league, I couldn't see myself paying up for somebody knowing I've only got two games left and you know, anything can happen in one week of the NFL. So yeah. unless I'm making a huge trade to to really get a solid piece, I, I'm trying to think of somebody older that's that's really going to produce for you early on, I, I guess, like a Keenan Allen. If you can go out and get Keenan Allen, I don't know how he's doing tonight. I've been getting ready for the pod. But <laughs> uh, if you can go out and get a Keenan Allen for like a first-round pick, so you know, something added on to that, that's something I, I'll do because he's not just going to fall off next year. But a, like a guy like Julio, I'm not auctioning the future, no matter how much I think it could help me win this year, because I know everybody says it's all about winning the money, but I want to win money every year. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to go all in on one year and then say, eh, whatever happens for the next three years is gravy. Like, no, it's, it, it's not fun. I'd rather I'd rather win 10 games a year every year than win 14 games in one year and then six, four and six. Yeah. Because you have that older piece and you're not going to earn the 101 right away. So you're still going to be middling for a little while. And it's just, you're going to watch your team waste away. See, it's it's interesting you say that because because we play a little bit differently. Because for me, if I'm, if I'm contending, uh, I'm apt to make a play uh, f- for now. Uh, even if that means like more, like mortgaging your future, because oftentimes, what I've seen is you'll you'll make a trade and people think, oh, well, you know, you got hosed on that or or you lost a lot of value. And then in two years, uh, you know, that you look like a genius or you look like an idiot, depending on which side of that trade. But we don't know right now. And and so I always figure I can I can reload or or, you know, completely tear down my team later. And so I, I use this as, as an example quite often. But in my home league. Uh, three years ago now, I I was coming into the playoff run, and this was before Dalvin really had his breakout, and it was Amari Cooper was was still regarded as a top ten dynasty ty- dynasty wide receiver, but was kind of hit and miss. Like it was right as he was being dealt, and I was like, okay, so I shipped those two off. I shipped Dalvin Cook and Amari Cooper off to get Ezekiel Elliott. And this was like peak Zeke. I won the championship. Okay. So that right there, that, that vindicates, validates my trade. I won it again the next year 
with that. And now I'm at a point where what I what I'm doing, you know, I finished second, but I probably won't win the league. Is before this next draft or headed into uh, 2022, I will start trading most of my assets, especially running backs, uh, for 2022 seconds and 2023 firsts. And I'm going to come back loaded for bear in 24. See, that's a move I'd be more apt to make. Is I granted Dalvin Cook turned into a lot, yeah. so yeah. I mean you can never predict something like that. But if you can take two guys that are unproven or are full of potential and take them and turn them into one young proven guy, that's yeah. a move I'd be apt to make because you're not mortgaging your future. You're it's almost you're consolidating. You're turning two bench guys at the time into one just complete upgraded starter. Right. That, right. that you're going to have for years. But the way I also look at it is those running backs to me are such a, a transient asset. Like they, mm-hmm. because I mean, even if you look back, look at, look at the top 10 running backs three years ago, and there are only like two of them who are still even relevant. And it, it just goes that fast. I mean, like we think we get this idea that Zeke is going to be here forever or, or McCaffrey's going to be here forever or Kamar is going to be, but in two years, we won't remember who they are because it'll be somebody else. I mean, it'll, yeah. it'll be remember, remember two years ago when Gurley was like the RB one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he was. Yeah, and he was like the greatest thing ever. And they're like, "Oh, this is this is the next the wave of running backs." And I said, "No, the, the running backs is it's not a wave; it's a tide. It goes in and out, and you know, and brings in brings in a new tide uh, the next year or, or in two years." I mean, look, we got we got uh, Najee Harris and and Devontae Williams coming Ooh, in this Najee. year. Everybody <laughs> loves everybody loves Etn like like. There are a whole bunch coming again. I don't. I we'll we'll talk about he's that fine. later. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, he's but but like that's that's how the NFL works. And so to me, trading for a running back is so outside of my comfort zone. I, I don't want. I get them in drafts. Like that's yep. what I do. Oh. Uh, but in order to win, I mean, that was that's a. Like two hundred and fifty dollar pot. Okay, I just paid for my league for four years. Uh, that I'll take it. I, I, I want to explore this now. I, 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 this isn't on the sheet, but uh, it, it, you don't like it. You don't like ATN as much as as, as the rest of the community. No, I think he is. Uh, he reminds me a lot of of the way I saw Carry On Johnson, which was this really fast and explosive player in space but he's not a great pass catcher and so how do you get him in space i mean it's kind of the ronald jones conundrum where where ronald jones is incredibly explosive and he's been good this year because they've had a couple of big holes and he's had some some long runs but how do you get a guy like that it's not like kamara where he's a pass catcher and can get the ball in space he's a he's a a guy who needs to have things created for him, but he's not a pat like you throw him the ball and I've never seen a man as scared as he said the- he was scared of the ball, didn't he? In 2019. Like, just, yeah. just like watching it in that like second and a half, he's he's looking around. I mean he's he's it's not pretty. And and again it doesn't make him a bad player. I think he's gonna be useful. I think he'll be fine. But there are going to be people in your league and this is everybody out there that are going to love him 
And I, I, when we do the trade, I'm going to talk about that too because mm-hmm. I, I think that I think that there's there's some merit to listening to uh, people that you trust do evaluations when you go into your your uh, rookie drafts. Absolutely. And yeah, he, he'll do he'll do fine if he goes somewhere like San Francisco where he's already in the secondary by the time he's touching a yeah. defender because then he's got speed built up, he's got great vision in the open field, and he can bounce off a defender. But if he's not making it through the hole, he's not getting a whole lot. And he's had such great holes open for him at Clemson playing against weaker competition that so many of his runs look like highlight real plays. And it's just not realistic for what he's going to see in the NFL. Whereas you look at like Najee Harris, he's playing against SEC defenses and he's not breaking off these 40, 50 yard runs, but he's consistently getting six, seven, eight yards every single time. He's not getting tackled yeah. for a loss ever. And, and that's why he's going to, which means, and he's not, he's, an, he's a very capable pass catcher, which means they're not going to take him off the field. He's Derrick Henry with hands. I'm glad you brought up Harris because, because Zach did it also. And uh, you guys, uh, you're both uh, film watchers, which uh, which I am. I, I've tried to start getting into that a little bit the last year or so, but I've I've nowhere to the extent I'm sure both of you are. And I was curious, are you guys? Because a guy I really respect, Scott Connor, has has talked multiple times about Najee Harris's age and how 23 year old running backs are are an issue. Does that concern either of you at all, or do you just not worry about that? I kind of take my uh, Ray Garvin made a great point about this earlier in the off season. You know, he's 23. The, the what's considered the peak age or the age before they start to decline, decline is 26 for a running back. If you're counting on anything more than a first contract out of any running back, you're already gambling on a future that they probably won't have. So I'm going to take a guy that I think is going to do with the most with that first contract that he can. And then anything I get after that is gravy. And I think part of Scott's point is that just they statistically don't hit as as well when well, they come into the league that old. But and, and I think I think well I think that part of, so that's the thing where you have to have context behind behind your metrics behind your statistics. The reason why statistically they don't do as well is because the guys who stay four years generally aren't as good. Like right. That, that's that's just. I mean, it's the same thing with with wide receivers. If you look at wide receivers who come into the year, uh, come into the league after playing four years in college, they're generally not as good because if you are a first or second round talent, you're coming out as a junior. I mean, right. that's just how it is. And so, like, yes, most of the time that's a red flag. But if you're looking at a guy who is the best running back in the class and saying, "Wow, he's not going to hit because he's old," uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't necessarily buy that. If you're looking at a at a middle tier running back who you're sitting there going, "Well, he's he's pretty good, but but he's also a year older than everybody he's playing against in college, and he didn't have that ability to come out and get drafted highly the year before," then you've got a red flag. But I, I think with Harris, it was it was a little bit. Uh, the circumstances are a little bit different. And right, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you, Rocky, but he just he makes a great point about you know Najee Harris had a very specific set of circumstances and it's one of the same circumstances that caused Chuba Hubbard to not come out and that was a terrible call for him but <laughs> this was this was a running back class that had five running backs that were considered extremely good before you even moved down more than a tier or two right. and 
Harris is coming back for the potential to come to go play for another championship because Alabama is a contender every year. And I'm, you know, this is all speculation, but if, if anybody's playing players, it's probably Alabama. So it's not like he's running out of money, <laughs> not coming out. Good point. Uh, and to your, to, to Zach's point too, I think like, uh, a perfect example of what you're talking about is a guy I know that Scott was way off of, which was Keyshawn Vaughn because of his age. And he's that second tier guy that came out, you know, old, so to speak. And, and, and yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> um, but yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. Uh, it, yeah. You gotta, you gotta put context to it. Um, okay. So we'll, we'll get into to our next topic here, uh, which was, Again, going going back to to not really worrying so much about this season at this point. This point, I'm, I was kind of already looking towards the off season for a topic here, and I was thinking there's some guys that I'm not really sure how to value at this point. Um, I know I think Zach threw a guy on the list as well, uh, mm. and and just kind of wanted to get your opinions, and I'll give my opinions on some of these guys, because I'm not really, I think their value on some of these guys is hard to pin down. Uh, before uh, we start talking about them, there's two on here that I actually traded for each other, and I'm I, I'm curious what you think about it. I mentioned it on the uh, Superflex Super Show last week, uh, if anybody heard that, is I, I in, a, in a very quarterback-heavy scoring league, uh, I lost, uh, well, I quote-unquote lost Wentz, um, <laughs> and I only had two quarterbacks, so I traded OBJ for Jalen Hurts. Uh, what do you guys think about the trade? And then we can get into what we think about the players. Did you make it before the Saints game? Before the Saints game, that's some balls. That turned out <laughs> ball well. Here's the thing, and I said this on Super Show: is I, I look at I look at OBJ as I, I don't trust him to be more than a wide receiver three at this point. Uh, I looked over the last uh, since 2019. He's only got three games over 15 PPR points and multiples. I didn't count them all up, but multiple single digit games in there. So I, I'm not trusted. I, I think I, I I know no one's high on OBJ at this point, but I think I am way lower than OBJ than a lot of guys at this point. So I, I was fine with it. Uh, like I said, the QB scoring, uh, uh, there was no, I, I'm, this is another one of those teams that I'm in the semis and there's no way I was going to, you cannot win in this league. The way the quarterback scoring is set up, I'm not going to get into all of it, but there's no way you can win with one quarterback. It's just, it's beyond, it's a super flex, but it's almost like a two QB, just how heavy the QB scoring is. So um, what do you think though, Zach, where are you at with OBJ and what do you think of the trade? So I, I I I like the trade for you, especially in a in a league where the the quarterback scoring is so heavy, uh, and and Odell Beckham to me is a player that I think still has name cachet, which is nice, and especially so with the dynasty dummies, like we uh, we specifically try to talk to people with home leagues and and we're not necessarily uh, gearing toward analysts. Uh, you know, we do, we do some, you know, higher level stuff, but most of it is we try to bring everything that everybody's talking about way up here down where people who are in a home league who, you know, turn on the TV on Sunday morning and set their lineup and, and then, you know, listen to a show. That's, that's what we try to do. And so in those leagues, Odell Beckham still has name cachet. Uh, and, and so making a trade like this, in fact, 
I I just traded Odell Beckham, uh, Irv Smith, and a and a late twenty one first for Travis Kelsey in that in a tight end premium league. Yeah, which I love so, that. <laughs> yeah, for, for a playoff run, and so like to me, I'm I am with you. I'm done playing around with Odell Beckham. Uh, people are still willing to take him on that on that name recognition, and hope that he can regain past glory. And I'm more than willing to to sell the 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 downside with Jalen Hurts though, is I think Peterson's on a hot seat. And I think that 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 entire regime, if if you end up with a new coaching staff and a new front office, they're going to want to pick their own quarterback. And so that makes me a little nervous about Jalen Hurts. I, I liked him coming out. He was a, a one of those guys who he doesn't run like Lamar Jackson in terms of like Lamar can disappear. Uh, Jalen Hurts was was kind of like a like a halfback, like where he would run up the middle and be physical. But he also reminded me of Lamar in the fact that I think he throws the ball a lot better than people give him credit for. People like to knock him because he's a runner, but he's actually not terrible at throwing the ball down the field. So I like getting Hurts, but there's also a little bit of danger with the situation. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you what your opinion was of Hurts. So I'm glad you said that. And I also think though, I do think that one of those two guys is going to be the quarterback in Philadelphia next year. I, I, yeah, I can't think of going to a third guy. Like so. financial, financially, they have yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah. So I, it's going to be Hertz or Wentz, and, and I have both of them. So I at least have a quarterback there uh, either way. So that, that was my thinking. And I almost think at this point that it's going to – he's going to kill them on their cap either way. But if, if Hertz plays reasonably well like he did against the Saints – I think they may try and trade him if they can get anybody to take on that contract. Wentz, that is. That's so scary with the cap, though. The cap is probably going down what ten percent. Yeah, like man, it's this is going to be this is going to be a wild off season. Yeah, but uh, I don't uh, think we're going to see the effect on the cap quite that people are predicting. I think the owners are going to start getting real noisy about it and say, "Let's spread it out over three or four years and amortize." Yeah. Yeah, it may stay flat. I think I, I don't. It's not going to go up, no. but uh, yeah, at best it probably stays flat. But, but and I think uh, I mean I would assume if, if the Eagles are taking that much of a cap hit, some of that uh, will come off of, of the other team. I'm not sure how that all works. I'm not smart enough to know that. I'm, I'm a dummy <laughs> like Zach. So <laughs> you, you do the you do the Osweiler where you be like, we'll give you Wentz and a pick, and you give us nothing. I mean, like just take, you know, just take him and yeah. take the pick. I mean, it's it's almost like they do that in baseball a lot, where they they'll have like an expiring contract or basketball too. They do that where you know you you'll you'll take on a, a huge contract that you don't really want to get a pick and and go that because way. you've got the cap space to yeah. just eat it and say whatever you know we'll move on after this year. Yep. But it, I agree that I think Hertz or Wentz will start out the season as a quarterback. But if Peterson's not back as the the head coach next year, I could see them drafting a guy as uh, as a as a project. There's so many quarterbacks that are at least mid tier coming out in this class. I it could you could go seven or eight deep before you even encounter a guy that's like at Hertz level from this last quarterback class. And then who was it after Hertz? Eason. Yeah, you know, I, yeah I'd easily take here, eight or nine quarterbacks in this class. <laughs> but I, and I get what you're saying about Pearson. I do think he'll be back though. I, I think. Uh, they, they, I mean, they have not been nearly as good since the Super Bowl run in 2017, but they have made the playoffs the last three years. I, I think he gets a mulligan year. 
no matter what. And, and technically, they could still win the division. <laughs> so, <laughs> as a team, as, as a fan of the Washington schedule, it's not impossible. <laughs> as a fan of a team who lost to a losing schedule uh, playoff team, uh, it's very possible, and it it hurts so much to watch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm actually was... very nervous they are going to make the playoffs. I had already resigned myself to the fact that I, I, I just wanted to get the top five, ten pick, and and right. you know this this is a lost season, and and I'm worried that Hurts is going to get them a playoff spot. <laughs> I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but I think I agree. I think Peterson stays. I think by winning a Super Bowl for uh, a place that's never won a Super Bowl buys you a lot of slack. You know, and then right. Sean Payton had the same thing. He went eight and eight, like two years uh, for 2012, 2011, or no, not 2011, 2012, 2013. And people were just like, yep, yeah, whatever, don't care. Yeah. You're still the head coach. Um, <laughs> but I think Howie Roseman is actually in, in more danger of losing his job than Peterson is. Uh, Roseman set up the problems where uh, Wentz was not getting along with players and. You know, they they brought back Deshaun Jackson, and it's just I, I think he's been responsible for a lot more of the lock, locker room toxicity than than Peterson has. Peterson's a good play caller, and he's he's good at developing the talent, the talent he has, but I don't think they've really given him a lot to work with. And, I and mean, that's a lot of the talk around here, too, is that, that Hallie Roseman is more to blame than anybody here. There's a bad roster here in Philadelphia, mostly, and, and he also set up this situation where it, it was almost – set up for, for Carson to just have issues at least like it, it, he'd already had the Foles thing to contend with and finally got over that. And then they go and draft hurts for, for God knows what reason. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if he, if he ends up a good player, maybe it's worth it, but uh, that's got to play with Carson Wentz's mind as well. And, and then he comes out and, and has the most unbelievably bad. I like, I don't think anybody could have predicted Carson Wentz looking like this this year. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's why I, I hated the hurts pick because like <laughs> Carson Wentz is going to be here for the next four or five years. What's the point? And then now we're where we are. It's kind of insane. But I, it's, a lot of people think maybe the fact that, that, that how we almost set him up for failure. Uh, the only worry is that, that Lori, Lori is uh, almost, you know, buddies with Howie. So right. we'll see how that goes. But uh, one of the other guys we wanted to get into uh, was uh, and uh, was Stefan Diggs, uh, and and it's not that. It, well, I kind of feel like he's undervalued to me. Uh, he's yeah. <laughs> yes, Absolutely. they're both they're both for yeah. people because people can't see. They're both nodding their heads vigorously. It, it's I think it's kind of crazy. Like I think if you don't own Stefan Diggs, you do not realize how how really 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 good he's been this year. He's the number and, four wide receiver in PPR. Like, yeah, and 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 he has a hundred reception, not targets. He has a hundred receptions with yeah. three games to play, and I don't feel like he's being regarded as such. And that's why I wanted to put him on this list. Yeah. So my my notes say, hell yeah, you know, <laughs> Diggs Diggs is is the new Jarvis Landry where he's undervalued, overproducing. He's on a team where everyone was scared of Josh Allen. Josh Allen is throwing 36 plus times a game this year and I don't and they're winning so I like I don't see them dialing that back and obviously Diggs is the one there uh, clearly so, yeah. yeah like yeah. he he's he's insanely undervalued and and yeah well, he's he's in the prime of his everyone's 
everyone's going to be afraid of of his age because you know wide receiver gets 27 28 years old and that's the end but that's when i'm buying them because because the prime of a wide receiver is 28 29 30 with 27 or 27 28 29 30 let's go and he just turned 27 yeah. like, two weeks ago like yeah. and yeah. he you probably, beside my old co-host for the Dynasty Playbook, you're not going to find a guy who's a bigger fan of Stephon Diggs as a prospect. I loved him coming out of Maryland. Yeah. I was overdrafting him by a round plus in every rookie draft to make sure I got him. And he's he's finally got a quarterback that's got the volume to really just pump him up. And you brought compared him to Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's never had a, a wide receiver well, one season. And like he's more that. he's more explosive than Jarvis Landry. I, well, I just I just meant as being undervalued. Oh and, yeah, no. Jarvis Landry is wide receiver six, man. Like don't, don't <laughs> oh, everyone, I'm everyone, 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 everyone like everyone rolls Jarvis. But like no, like Diggs obviously is is a more explosive playmaker and and has a higher ceiling. But just in the way that they're undervalued, like right. Landry, Landry had never finished outside of wide receiver eighteen ever in his career, right. and and you could get him, you know, for a second round pick. Like people were giving him yeah, away. Absolutely, and, and, I, saw him and, be, I saw him go for a third round pick this off season yeah. during rookie hype season. And, and and so, and I think the same is true with, with Diggs because you've got that. Yeah, he was the two feeling. Yeah, he's got Josh Allen throwing to him. Yeah, John Brown was great last year, and and so all of these things, people. I mean, maybe maybe people don't get TV out of Buffalo. I mean, like <laughs> I, I know I'm dealing with snow issues, so so maybe that's a thing where people just don't see him enough. But man, he's good. And I, I know earlier in the offseason, or not in the offseason, but earlier in the season, people were talking about, oh, he's getting all this great stats now, but what happens later in the year when it gets to winter right. and, you know, it's getting to be cold weather, they're going to want to run the ball more. That hasn't happened yeah. yet. <laughs> no. I'm I'm all for Diggs. He's going to continue to be the wide receiver one there. I, I picked him up for like the 108 last year, which granted could have been Justin Jefferson, but on a competing team, I'd rather have Diggs. Well, yeah. it's close <laughs> it's close for next year but i mean jefferson's gonna be so good so, i love so. jefferson man love him yeah i think i think we're gonna end up seeing that he was the better out of him and jamar chase when it when it comes down to it yeah. um and i yeah. and i'm an lsu fan like i so i should be all over jamar chase's jock but i think he doesn't <laughs> handle uh press coverage near well enough to be able to to yep. excel He's not even my my. He's not. I think he's my three or four wide receiver in this class. I, I have him. to go back and watch some Waddle and uh, and uh, oh, I'm my mind is blanking. Uh, the other Alabama wide Smith. receiver, Devontae Smith. That, that's the one yeah, that you Smith. want. Devontae Smith is the one you want to watch there. Man, I, he's the one I have to completely redo my opinion on because you know I, I I I I'm a film guy first, but I'm trying to bring in the metrics and start to to reevaluate things. And then when you look at a guy that's besides Tyree kill, never succeeded at that size, it's hard to really get behind it. But you know, I, I I keep seeing so many guys I respect saying, yeah, he's yeah. So I I hadn't like, I had finished watching Devonte Smith uh, before he had that big blow up three touchdown game. Mm -hmm. And I had sent a message because J Mike and I uh, go back and forth with kind of, and I said, you know, I said people don't respect Devonte Smith, and and he's got a little Odell Beckham on that slant, where yeah. like he'll sit there and and a and a guy will play off him all of a sudden, and he'll run that slant and house it. And I said I, that is a guy that I want, and, and and man, like and and then all of a sudden he comes out and has the three touchdown game, and it's like, 
all right, like now everybody's going to be on him. That's no fun. Like right. it's, it's always fun when you have a guy I mean, like last year, Jefferson, I had Jefferson at two before the combine and everyone, like I got so much flack. And then all of a sudden he comes out and, you know, runs a whatever, four, four, three or whatever it was. And they're like, Oh, he's fast. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. How do you think he's behind the defense all the time? Right. It's what he does. But I, I didn't realize we were going to turn this into a Debbie show. I guess I should have known with you two film monsters. <laughs> no, I'm just I, honestly, I, I listened I'm to his show and it got me back. all interested about talking with tape with him, and I, I, I just couldn't help myself. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm knee, I'm knee deep in in the the 21 class right now, man. I'm like, I'm like 14 wide receivers and like six or seven running backs in, and whew, here we go. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I'm messing with you guys because uh, I I love this stuff. This is this is good stuff, especially <laughs> as we're heading toward a lot. You know, like I said, I got a lot of semi semifinal teams, but there's a lot of people listening out there that that do not. So uh, right. they're they're looking to these guys now. So uh, well, indulge uh, me for five more seconds. I, I want to know Zach's opinion on Rashad Bateman. <laughs> so I haven't watched enough Bateman to have. Uh, Firmed up my opinion. I've only watched about five games of his, but every time I watch Bateman from last year, I think, man, Tyler Johnson is really good. Yeah, and that, like, and, and and so like when I'm when I'm watching a player and thinking another player on his team is is outshining him, it I don't know. Like I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched him again. I haven't watched enough. But right now uh, I'm. Tepid, I'm not as high on Bateman as a lot of people are. Yeah, see, I'm I'm super high. He's my number one in this class at this point. I'm <laughs> huge fan of Bateman. Oh, it, it, for me, it's just he does everything right. There's not a bunch of flaws in his game. He's probably he doesn't have the ceiling like a Ron Rondell Moore does, but he just he to me he's like Tyler Boyd. He's just gonna come out and he's just gonna do what he's supposed to do on every down. And he's well, a quarterback's gonna love him for it. And that's that's the thing with this class is. To me, there's a there's a top tier of well, for me, there's a top tier of three guys, but then there's about eight in that oh, next yeah. tier that are all really good. And so, you know, you're you're gonna run into, especially in Superflex, where your I don't know, 206, 207 are still gonna be really high value picks, which right. is, is not a normal year. I mean, that you know, usually you have there are a couple like dart throws here and there that end up being something in that range. But, but this year I think you're seeing a, a lot of really talented players. Absolutely. I, I think a mid to late second is going to be as, a, as good as a, almost a late first in 2018, 2019 class type of terms. So yeah. if you're, if you're out there, you know, you're out of the playoffs and you're acquiring picks, those second round picks are going to be gold in a year. As long as you do your process, or if you have a guy you listen to who's you know proven in the past that they, that that you can trust their process, load up. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm just letting you guys go because I'm I'm not a dynasty dummy, maybe, but I'm definitely a Debbie dummy. So, uh. <laughs> and and I, look, I'm not a Debbie guy at all. Like I I know that I I talk. Well, I just mean that I, you know, and you're just looking into the rookies now. You don't know twenty. I'm guessing 2022, 2023 no, guys. No, yeah. I don't I don't watch college football during the year. We're New England. We're snobs. We don't we don't watch college football. We don't have a. We have Boston College. Who are you yeah. gonna root for? So, so we don't. <laughs> we, so we don't. We don't have that college. So like, I don't watch college football until 
usually December. I started a little early because you had guys opt out this year. And so I could right. start and not miss anything. But like December, I start and I go hot and heavy all December. And then, you know, about the second week of January, we start rolling out our, our rookie film uh, reviews. And and so right now I'm in the in the throes of of watching some tape. Yeah, so the way I treat it is I just enjoy college football as a as a spectator sport and I don't I don't try and get too analytical on it cuz it's it's so hard to watch it live and say oh, yeah. oh that player's breaking that route great and you know yeah. you can you can every once in a while but I just want to watch and enjoy the game. So you know that's that's how I treat it. So I, I'm very much getting only getting started. I got started, you know, I did all the 2019 guys cuz I thought or not 2019 the 2019 uh, film because I thought you know all these guys are opting out. I can go ahead and get started now on a bunch of these guys, right. and then Bateman came back out, and then more <laughs> came back out, and yeah. I'm like, well, I mean, you can't leave out you know any sort of not evidence, but uh, anything that that can lead you to change your evaluation. Because look at Chuba right. Hubbard. I mean, yeah. I wasn't a fan of him, but he really did himself no favors this <laughs> year. Okay, getting back to the NFL. <laughs> uh- <laughs> And the guy that started all this discussion, I was going to do this. Now it feels kind of weird because it feels like we talked about Stefan Diggs a half an hour ago. But um, <laughs> I was going to play Brian and Russ's favorite game and see what you thought because uh, I pulled up the ADP, um, which is to, to kind of compare him to the guys above him and maybe a little below him. He's at wide receiver 11 do you, in December Superflex uh, Dynasty ADP. Uh, do you think that's fair? You think you should be like the guys that Stefan Diggs or Terry McLaurin? I think I'm taking Diggs, but I am too. I'm taking Diggs only because I don't know what that quarterback situation in Washington looks like going forward. And then the, the next one was interesting to me because I'm not even sure who I would take Steph, Stefan Diggs or Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think I'm taking Diggs because <laughs> I've seen what he can do by himself, whereas Ridley is inconsistent without Julio there. And Ridley is younger, but he's not that much younger. No. Ridley was old coming out. Yeah. I think Ridley's only a, a year, year and a half uh younger than Diggs. Zach has been thinking I, I, um I get no, I guess you guys you've talked me into Diggs. Like I don't think I don't think you can go wrong, but I guess you talked me into Diggs. Um because I, I think he's the the clear one. Ridley and I've talked about this on my show, but I think that there is a type of receiver that is better as a two so there are there are a one as a two but as a one there are <laughs> two yeah i get what you're saying it's calvin ridley it's tyler boyd yeah uh, even even lockett is that type of player where he's so much better with somebody who can stretch the field over the top i, I was uh, wondering do you think do you think judy's that kind of guy too yes oh yes yeah. yes, oh, yes absolutely judy ha- absolutely has to have room to make the catch he cannot contest a catch as he, he is a player that i am buying right now on the sly because he's been pretty good as a rookie but he hasn't had an alpha across from him and Cortland Sutton is an alpha mm-hmm. And See, so I haven't been able to get any sort of discount on Judy at all. People who bought in on Judy this offseason were the guys who looked at Judy like the wide receiver one before Lamb yeah. became a thing. So okay, a couple more for you before before we move on to, to the next guy. Uh I think this one's pretty easily probably the other guy, but Stefan Diggs or CeeDee Lamb. I take Lamb on that one. Yeah, I think I would yeah. too. Just just because I think he's an alpha and he's young. And like Dak's coming back. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
And I think you're going to agree on this one that it's not Diggs. Diggs or Jefferson? No, give me Justin Jefferson. But yeah, I think so too. I, I agree. I love but Diggs, but Jefferson it, is just little, yeah, so, the reason I kept is going so is because I wanted to ask you guys about wide wide receiver six: Diggs or Michael Thomas? I'm still taking Michael Thomas. Yeah, I think so Hashtag too. Okay. Life. But I tell you what, I traded uh, Michael Thomas to get Justin Jefferson in a league. I traded him to get Diggs, or not Diggs, um, CD Lamb. Yeah, you know, and I, and. I, and I'm very happy, and and Matt Foreman, who traded me Jefferson, has been kicking himself ever since. It makes me smile a little bit, you know. And I'm just looking below. Wow, Chase Claypool is wide receiver 15. Is this is that that just me? Or is that insanely high? <laughs> but uh, the guys right below Diggs are Keenan Allen, Godwin, and Robinson. Would you take uh, any of those guys over Diggs? No, I don't think so. Not for me. I think I'm with you there as well, Joe. You there, Drew? I don't know if he's hearing us. I froze him. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I can uh, hear I, you. I just oh, can't. Okay. Uh, my internet, for whatever reason, whenever I'm plugged into the Ethernet, it, it wants to just occasionally say, no more internet. <laughs> uh, are you good now? Uh, I should be. I, I can't see you guys, but I, I can I can hear you fine. You're probably better off not seeing us. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's that that's a good point, Zach. <laughs> It's, it's the old face for podcast here. I just asked if you would take Alan Godwin or A Rob over Diggs because they're the three guys below him in ADP. No, I think I'm taking Diggs. Uh, um, mm, that's hard. A Rob, oh. if A Rob moves somewhere else with a decent quarterback, he could be, he could be everything I ever wanted him to be <laughs> since 2014. But watching him in Chicago just breaks my heart, man. But I'm still, I still think I'm going Diggs just because it's more of a sure thing. Yeah, I'm with both of you there. So we we spent plenty of time here on Diggs and and then side tangents. So we will go on to at least one other guy here. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Zach's guy that he threw onto the list here, which was Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I've uh, I've never been super high on Hilaire. Or I guess Edwards Lair. Uh, I I I had him as my RB five coming before the draft, and then like everybody, I did move him up. But uh, I never expected him to be what a lot of people like. I remember in August, I think he was the uh, non superflex one hundred five overall on ADP, which always was insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I think what we got is is kind of what I expected out of Lair. I never uh, Edwards Lair. I never hated him. But I expected low RB one, high R, high end RB two. Uh, I, I just Kansas City doesn't love to use the run. They don't. They've never wanted to since Mahomes has been there. Wanted to to give a guy a huge workload. Uh, they don't pass to the running back as much as some other teams. So I, I just think he's been overvalued for a while. And I'm curious, and Zach, you threw him on here. What what your thinking was? Well, I, and I don't have the the DLF ADP or anything pulled up on him, but but it seems to me that people are cooling now, yeah. hardcore on on uh, Ceh. They, and, and just so you know, he's at he's at uh, December. He's at 
RB14, which I think is right around where he is and actually in, in scoring yeah, as well. He's, he's RB16 in PPR. So, yeah. so, again, like we have these really unrealistic expectations because we got spoiled with Saquon Barkley. People think we got spoiled with like CMC. CMC was fine his first year and then all of a sudden started to pick up. Like, I think that, that to me, I mean, I don't mind dangling. I don't think I'd, I'd throw a first-round pick at Hilaire necessarily because, again, I like my rookie picks. But I don't mind throwing a, a player and getting a young running back that I think is going to be, you know, top 15, top 12. And I think that his receiving upside gives him the chance to be – even better than that, he's got a little bit of a ceiling because he was a fantastic pass catcher. I just don't—I I don't think he was ever going to be the guy that that you saw in that Kareem Hunt lead the league in rushing, you know, role. I—I I, I never saw that. I mean, that was Kyle and I went back and forth over because he wanted Hilaire to be the running back one, and I'm like, no. I says to me, it's still Jonathan Taylor, and. It's really close between Swift and Hilaire. Oh, Taylor is oh Dobbins. man. No, 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 no. Dobbins would, I, I'm yes. a Taylor guy. Not I like even, Taylor. Taylor was my very close too, but I, I'm a Dobbins guy. Nah, no. Dobbins Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor is is if they give him the ball, is going to be what Nick Chubb is with a better ability to catch the ball. And we he's finally gonna, started to see that too. He's that he's that he's the age, and this is what I said when he when he when he came out, is I'm like, look. People are going to knock him for his the yards that he's rolled up because he's he's run a 5K in college. And <laughs> that's part of that is because in order for him to get going, he needs a ton of carries. And then all of a sudden he breaks one because he is fast. And he breaks, for, wears down the defense. Yeah, for as big as he is. And so he runs like Adrian Peterson. He runs like Nick Chubb. He runs like Derrick Henry where he needs those carries. If you're doing the hot hand approach and he's getting – eight, nine carries, it's not going to do it. But if they commit to giving him the ball, oh, man, it's going to be beautiful. Oh, yeah. See, and when when I say Dobbins, number one, no disrespect on Jonathan Taylor. I'm just a huge Dobbins fan. But <laughs> I think you, maybe you're selling Chubb a little bit short. I think Chubb is by far the best pure running back. Oh, we yeah. To, discount the passing. Best pure running back in the NFL. Yep, um, I will agree with Jonathan that 100%. Taylor maybe end up more – fantasy relevant because he can catch the ball, which he never got credit for as a, as a prospect. But with show, show me one Wisconsin running back that's ever caught the ball. Not Melvin Gordon, not uh, Monty Ball. James not, White. <laughs> but he even didn't do that in, near as much as uh, Wisconsin as he has in the NFL. You know, he didn't, he didn't, we didn't come out saying, oh, he's going to be a pass catcher. That's, right. you know, he's, it's just, it's not what they do. And, but right. it's just, well, you know, I for me, CMC was at best pre-draft my wide, my running back four, uh, close with Cam Akers. Cam Akers was always hard to evaluate because FSU had such a bad line. Um, but Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, uh, DeAndre Swift were far and away better prospects, regardless of landing yep. spot. Yep. And and I love to you know landing spot matters. It absolutely does, but. I, you know, people got too enamored with the fact that, you know, Chiefs are this high flying offense and they're going to score, you know, forever. And, you know, Andy Reid's got a history of having these, these 
fantastic running backs for fantasy. He had LaShawn McCoy. He had he had Cream Hunt, and he had uh, uh, Westbrook. Westbrook, who I'm a little too young to give <laughs> the name right off the top of my I'm, head. I'm old enough to remember beating Brian Westbrook. I'm definitely <laughs> old enough to remember Brian Westbrook. Yeah, <laughs> but I but you look at it this year, and Ch is just he's gone over 16 carries like three times. He's gotten more than five receptions, I think, only once. I mean, he's not getting the volume to to match the type of production that that. JT should get if Frank Reich uses him right, <laughs> or that Dobbins will have once Ingram's out of the building and Gus Edwards is gone because Justice Hill's not going to be fighting for carries. Right. You know, Dobbins and Dobbins and JT are going to be borderline first round startup picks this time. Not even this time. It, within six months, and Ceh will be a, a fart in the wind. People will just be <laughs> like, "We used to pay what for him?" It's I, I, if you can pick him up super cheap. I'm doing it, but I think he's he's going to be an OBJ type that never proved himself. He's going to have name cachet for forever because he was a first-round running back. He was the only one in this class, and people were so hyped about what he could do, and then he never did it. But the people who drafted him were like, yeah, but he could do it one day. What if Tyreek Hill goes away? <laughs> I, just, I think OBJ did prove himself those first couple of years. But... Oh, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. CEH hasn't proven himself, yeah. so he – but OBJ proved himself and had name cache. And yeah. I never got to, to, to chime in on OBJ. I'm still a little bit of a believer. If you actually <laughs> watched him play, he he's not really lost a whole lot of what he made him a good wide receiver. He's just, you know, Baker Mayfield was the guy we thought we were going to talk about. Baker Mayfield is still in, in, in a great year where the Browns are dominating people is like the quarterback 18. And then you go to points per game and he's, right inside almost a quarterback three yeah. and that's why Jarvis Landry's having his the worst year of his career despite the fact that he's far and away the wide receiver one in his offense it's just the offense is not built for fantasy production and now that people are talking about a OBJ might move on to another team because he's getting disgruntled maybe it's worth you know worth it to hold on to him and see if you know, another you know, a landscape change might be beneficial to him because I think he's still got some juice in the tank, and I think he can still show people, "Hey, I'm a baller," but it's hard to be a baller when I'm getting thrown to three times a game and getting double covered because you guys aren't running chub up the middle. You know, every other play, it's just, like Stefanski's <laughs> got great, but I just. I feel like he's not utilizing all the talent he has, and he's just really showing what his running backs can do. And I, I was going to do the one last guy, and actually that was going to be who it was, Baker. So oh, well, uh, <laughs> I, I didn't look at the show sheet. I didn't remember what order we went in. So Yeah, so Zach, why don't, you, why don't you give your thoughts on Baker before we move on to find me a train? So I had really similar thoughts to, to Drew. Where I, you know, he's still going as the, the QB 14 or so, but I had him at – quarterback 20 in production in in terms of uh you know where where he is this year and that's the last quarterback at the cutoff before you see a whole bunch of guys who got hurt and, right. and so so that's that's not a, a a medal that's being pinned on baker's chest and i i think that too much of and we do this all the time but too much of our rating of quarterbacks is age 
You know, we bring a young quarterback in, which is foolish because that position, I mean, you can come in at 24 and still be playing at 44. I mean, we've, we've seen that. And, and again, that's not the norm, but, but you see guys playing until they're 37, 38, 39 and being effective. So why are we so hung up on the fact that, yeah, Baker's young. It doesn't necessarily make him good. And, and people are so quick to want to run. They did that with Wentz too. I remember Carson Wentz came in and everyone was like, Carson Wentz is QB1. I'm like, what's he done? He's been fine, but relax. And and so to me, that's that's where I just kind of peel off of Baker a little bit. Uh because he hasn't he hasn't put up. I mean, he, his first six games or eight games as a rookie, he was fantastic. Since then. He hasn't done anything to make me think that he's any more than than what he is, and so if people are willing to to pay up and and you know take him as a QB fourteen as a as a high end QB two, I am way out on that. Let somebody else fall to me. That's it. That's yeah. it. I, and I'm the same way. You, them playing longer means you can take guys that are already established that have yeah. proven themselves in the league and still have you know six seven eight. That's why I love guys like Matt Ryan who yeah. he's not going anywhere. His job is secure. He's got, you know, regardless of the coaches around him, he's got solid offensive talent around him. He produces fairly consistently. I mean, he's never going to be the QB one, but right. you know, Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford prior to this year, there was a bunch of injury problems. And, but like prior to his injury last year, uh, Matt Ryan was, I think he was like the QB four in points per game. Um, you know, and you you absolutely could have gotten him for, you know, high end QB two cost. Yeah, those are the guys you should be investing in. The only older, the only running back, or not running backs. I'm tripping over my words. The only quarterbacks I'm really paying up for outside of Mahomes, I'll I'll pay anything for Mahomes. Gimme gimme. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm going after Russell early because yeah. he is he is still young ish. He's so proven. And it doesn't matter what talent he has around him. It could be Doug Baldwin. It can be Tyler Lockett. It could be DK Metcalf. He's going to get it done. And I never have to pay top of the first round startup cost for him. Well, and that to me, that's the archetype too of quarterbacks. And Baker doesn't fit that. The the guy you want right now is is the guy who's really accurate, but can also move the pocket and and be dangerous with his legs. So it's it's that Russell Wilson. I mean, even Aaron Rodgers was kind of like the the beginning of that, right? Uh, but but Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott and Mahomes does that same thing. And those are the types of of quarterbacks. Uh, Deshaun Watson, like those are the the types of quarterbacks now to me that I am looking for when when I even when I scout rookies and I'm. I am abysmal at quarterbacks. Although I, I did I did identify Mahomes, but I didn't anticipate him being this. I had him No, I did. I had he and Watson. I had he and Watson as one two in that class and and, and just but again, not expecting what we've seen out of Mahomes. And and I, I did possible all timer. I don't, I don't think. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and and Lamar Jackson. I've got a great clip where Kyle and I are talking about Lamar Jackson and and Mayfield on our show before that draft. And I said, I have Mayfield graded out better as a quarterback, but I have Lamar Jackson way ahead of him in fantasy because Lamar Jackson has the potential to to Mike Vick the league. 
as a better passer than Vic. And and I, I still think that that is within the – he did the rushing. But, you, but again, back to Baker, like you're never going to see that from Baker. Baker's not that arch type. He's not going to – he's not going to run, you know, and, and be dangerous running. And – he has not been as accurate as, as anticipated. I mean, if you can't find Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham, like we've got major issues. If you fast forward time about four or five years, he's going to look like Kirk Cousins. Yeah, That's what he's yep. going to be. Um, and, I mean, you, you bring up the running quarterback. We, we even had a great example of what it can look like and be successful after Michael Vick, and that was Cam Newton. He yeah. never had fantastic passing stats. stats. They were always passable. But his rushing was so consistent and so good. He was, I want to say, like a top five quarterback every year for his first four or five years. And he never he never got the recognition that Lamar Jackson is getting. But I think he paved the way for that to be a fantasy yeah. darling type of position. You know, even Joe Burrow and Trevor Lawrence are saying, you know, hey, we're not going to rush quite as much as he is. But look at the upside we're going to bring to the table. And that's why these guys are getting, you know, the fantasy relevance. Well, and and as a as a coach, as a as an offense coordinator, like that that allows you to do so many things. When you start running running that that option, or you start being able to move the pocket, and and you make if you make a defense hesitate for a quarter of a second, a half a second, all of a sudden the the guys on on your team are uber level athletes. That that's all of the leverage they need to make things happen, and and so. You know, it's not just the fact that they they run; it's the fact that they can run, right. and that's in the back of the defense's mind, and that opens everything up. I mean, look what happened: the Saints' defense this past week against Jalen Hurts in his first start in the NFL made the made the best def- run defense in the NFL just fall to pieces because they hesitated. You talk about getting that extra quarter second, half second of hesitation, and all of a sudden pressure turns into chasing. It's it becomes an entirely different ball game. Rock, you're gonna have to come in and be forceful here, man. You got two guys who love to I talk. I know, man. I was about to say, like, you guys have made my job easy. Looking <laughs> in the knowledge and and uh, the hosting gig is easy tonight. But uh, yeah, no, a lot of great discussion. All these guys, uh, but we are running super long, so we are going to go to our find me a trade portion of the show. Find me a trade. Uh, so this one is a uh, submitted to us by James Maloney at Fantasy Hockey Trades on Twitter. Uh, he so he's a fantasy hockey guy, but he's also a fantasy football guy. I'm in a league with him, uh, and this league actually is um, is one of my own leagues. Actually, I, I kind of the last couple weeks um, I, I hadn't thought about this back in April when we started this pod, but. It's it's not super easy to get submissions in December in the playoffs to, for find me a trade. So I kind of reached out to some of my leagues, and uh, so that, that that's why I'm in this one. But I'm still gonna find a trade for this guy, uh, along with you two. So it's a 12 team PPR superflex, 0.25 points per carry, one and a half tight end premium, 32 man rosters, start 10. The QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, super flex, and three flex. Um, and uh, it's after buying big the previous two seasons, he said it's not working out. I decided to turn the focus on a rebuild. 
So he traded a lot of his higher end assets for, for some pieces, Herbert, Saquon, Juju, Dak. And he also has the one-on-one and another late first in 2021. Um, said his biggest need is some RB depth, um, which I get what he's saying with the 0.25 points per carry. It, it makes the RBs kind of gold in this league. Like I said, it's, it's one of my leagues. So I know, and, uh, I could, he said, you could use depth at wide receiver and tight end too. Um, has some very valuable draft picks, three of the top 15 picks, including the 101. So um, I'll go over his roster, and then we can get into the trades. He has, uh, at quarterback, he basically has Justin Herbert and Dak, and then just a bunch of backups. Um, he has, at running back, not much beyond Saquon Barkley, uh, Tevin Coleman, Frank Gore, Devontae Booker, those kind of guys, Jeffrey Wilson, at wide receiver, uh, he has uh, Juju. He has, I'm, I'm looking here, Jamison Crowder, Brandon Ayuk, Andy Isabella, Curtis Samuel, and then again, mostly filler type guys. And a tight end, uh, he's got next to nothing. He's got Ferkser, Doyle, Burton, Rudolph Witten. Uh, he does, and, and that's pretty much it. Even on his taxi squad, those guys aren't doing much. So, um, I will. Uh, I'll throw it to Zach first um, before we get into my trade. So, Zach, why, why don't you get into yours? So, what I'm looking to do, and and again, this is I I, I always approach things through the draft when I'm rebuilding. So, I, I'm looking at a player in Brandon Ayuk that a lot of people are higher on than I am, and who has put up this year in an offense that has been decimated. They lost their quarterback. They lost their tight end. Their running backs have been in shambles. They lost Debo Samuel, who I think is actually the best receiver on that team. And so Ayuka's put up and and has accrued some value. And so what we do is go over to Badger and uh, pair uh, Ayuk uh, a, a 21-second uh, and uh, potentially if I – well, I probably will have to – throw in a sweetener there and uh, I'll throw in Andy Isabella too. And, and Badger's got four firsts. And so I'm going to go and look at a couple of his like mid to later first where he, he's not going to have quite as much pushback. Uh, and so I'm going to try to acquire two 21 firsts for Ayuk a second and Isabella. And the reason why I'm doing that is I start to look at this draft class. And uh, he said that he's already got – the, the 101 or a high first. So so he's up there like Lawrence Fields. That's a pick that you can move because of his quarterback situation in the draft. So I don't touch that one yet. I'm waiting for that one to mature. Uh, but I'm also looking at this draft class and I'm seeing Lawrence and Fields and Jamar Chase and Rondell Moore and Devontae Smith and Najee Harris, Javante Williams, uh, ETN, Chuba Hubbard, uh, Jalen Waddle, Rashad Bateman, Amon, Amon Ross St. Brown, Kyle Pitts as a tight end. And I'm sitting there going, man, if I if I have uh, – what do I end up with now? Four firsts? Like, yeah, here we go. Let's rebuild. Right. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I love it if, if you can get it done. Uh, I just I, – I just – I worry that the other team – We'll see two first and and, and shy, even though you're getting the second back um, and, and shy off a little just because I, I love what Ayuk is doing, but uh, I, I just don't know if it, it, I don't know how much Isabella adds. Um, yeah, I, 
And it depends. Like, again, like I can be flexible, but this is where I'm going to start. And, mm-hmm. and if we go back and forth and, but, but that's, that's how I'm going to try to attack this team is I want to go find another team that has a whole bunch of picks. And again, if you can if you can pry away some of their mid to late firsts, I think that they're not going to be as uh, you know worried about parting with those. I mean, maybe they will, but but again, it depends on how how they feel about Ayuk. Depends on how they feel about getting a, a high second back, and and so that's that's where I'm going to start working. Yeah, and Ayuk has certainly uh, put up enough production to 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 make it interesting for the other team. Uh, Drew, you, you, what do you think of that one? Um, I agree with so much of what Zach said. I'm super anti Ayuk. I he was the <laughs> bottom of the second round pick for me this year. I didn't believe him in, in a pros in him as a prospect at all. I definitely love Debo Samuel over him. Um, so if I can trade him, great. You know, if I can get some real value for him, I, I absolutely will. But the biggest flaw I think with Zach's offer is. To me, a guy that's already acquired four firsts for the 2021 class is a guy who's already looked at it and said, this is what I want to get into. So I think he's going to be hesitant to move those. But with Ayuk producing as much as he has as recently he has, as he has, that recency bias could absolutely get in there and 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 flip some heads around. And I I have had mixed results with moving those seconds and saying, hey, it's a second, but it's only moving up you know, six picks. It's not that right. far off. Um, so if you can get it done, I would, that, that's an absolutely move I would do because I, when I talk about my trade later, I'm doing the same thing. I'm acquiring more firsts for this class because I think the volume is going to be key in rebuilding this roster because granted you want to get more running backs. You want to rebuild that position, but you're not, you know, one position or two positions away from being able to fill out a strong starting roster. And so I want to take what I, you know, especially if you get to keep the one-on-one to move for additional uh, pieces during the draft, that's absolutely a move I'd be trying to make. Yeah. And uh, I, I don't know if Zach specified, but I, I, this 2021 second, if it's a zone, it's, that's going to be pretty high. He was, he was yeah. one of the worst teams in the league. So like you said, it's, it's not a big move down from, from the later first. So maybe that gets it done. But like you said, I, I, I get your point. That is a good point that about the, a guy who's hoarding picks, who has four picks often is, is, is reluctant to give them up. But uh, I, I think it's something that's worth a shot. And then maybe it starts a conversation. So uh, I'll get into mine and then we'll do yours, Drew. Uh, Mayan was, uh, and, and this is totally on brand for me, if anyone's listened to me before, but uh, Dak Prescott to Team Shield of Jane uh, for Dobbins or, or JT, whichever whichever one the guy's willing to give up. Um, I kind of think it may be Dobbins at this point because JT's kind of on the upswing. But uh, Dobbins and his first are... Uh, which is the likely one, actually not his first, but the first he owns, which is the likely 105. The picks are based on potential points through week 16, so it's still up in the air, but that I was looking at that that looks pretty locked into the 105 based on the potential points. And basically my thinking was uh, our guy, uh, Hector Salamanca, has the, the likely 101. Uh, it, there's a chance it could fall to 102, but it's 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 not super likely based on the points. And so he'll have Herbert and, and likely Lawrence. And I think at that point, Dak is a luxury. So uh, especially a, as a guy who 
who isn't always uh, obsessed with getting all the high-end QBs. So, uh, and really, one of those guys is going to be your third. So, uh, I, I like kind of exploiting that and, and using that to to bolster up other areas. Uh, he said he's looking for RBs, and I get that's not the best rebuild move necessarily, but uh, it is a young, you know, rookie or running back. And the 2.25 points per carry makes them super valuable, even if he doesn't necessarily even hold on to Dobbins. Maybe he trades him for something else or something like that. And for the team he's trading him to, that guy has uh, Jonathan Taylor or or Dobbins, whichever one he keeps, Mixon and Kamara, in addition to the guy he would trade to our team. He finished second in points last year. Looks like a strong contender again. He'll get to pair Dak with uh, Josh Allen. So, and he still has Ryan and cousin Matt Ryan and, and Kirk Cousins too. So he'd he'd have four quarterbacks. He could trade one of them away for if he wants to get that first back or for another contending piece or something like that. So I, I think it makes some sense on both sides, and uh, that that's the move I'd be looking to do. I just I don't see the need for. I know they're technically not yet, but I don't see the need for three potentially elite quarterbacks. So I like the idea of trading one of them. Dak's the oldest anyway. So uh, Zach, what do you think of that one? I I I I don't mind it. I think that so to me, what's what's my motivation if I'm the other guy looking at this? If I've got uh, three pretty decent quarterbacks already. Why, like, what am I, why am I adding Dak and giving up one of my running backs in a, in a points per care? And again, like maybe that happens and and maybe they're sitting there looking at like, I mean, Kirk Cousins is meh. Uh, Matt Ryan is up and down and and you never know. And and obviously Dak is an absolute stud and you pair him with Allen and, and you've got something. Um, but yeah, like, and, but for, for our team, the team that we're like, yeah, I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't mind that at all, especially if I can get a running back and add the one hundred and five. So now I've got three of those top twelve picks. Plus, I've got either Dobbins or JT. Like, yeah, I don't mind rolling with that. But that means that I'm going to draft Trevor Lawrence and hope that he's going to be something. And that that's the other part of this. I think that you know because hope springs eternal with his rookie draft. And everyone, everyone right now is a hit. Everyone right now is a star. Uh, Justin Field is, uh, you know, the next. Well, no, but he's the the next Dak or the next whoever, right. you know. And and Trevor Lawrence is the next Mahomes, and and we're dreaming on it right now. But in reality, half of those guys are probably not going to hit. And so, at all, yeah. And so, so to rely on that pick and Trevor Lawrence to be who you think he's going to be. And you're hoping he's going to be Dak, right? So you're giving up Dak and hoping you're going to get the next Dak. So again, I, I don't mind the gamble and I, I don't like, I don't mind that move, but I'm, I'm going to do everything I can to like keep my team with those quarterbacks. Those, cause I think those are my chips. Like I think those are the strength of this team is is the fact that you've got Dak, uh, the fact that you have the one on one, and the fact that you've got another. You know, you've got Herbert, who has obviously done fantastic things. I think that's my position of power, and so I want to go into the draft being able to to manipulate that position of power you know, to my advantage. 
Would you 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 agree with that, Drew, or what do you think? I I'm, I I agree with Zach. I think if I was the other owner, I'd have been in a very pressed position to to accept that one because Dak's value is depressed right now. No matter how good he was before he went out, despite the it fact that he was so good in points per game, he was he was what like a point behind Mahomes and as the QB two, he was doing great this season. You know, he absolutely should be valued highly, but it's depressed right now. He's not, you're not going to be able to get for, for I him. I still think he's valued as a top five or six guy. I think, I think people he, say that in their head, but when it comes time to pay that, it's, but it's he harder will, to get he that will value. Be, the, the weird thing about this, though, is he will be after the season, but right, right now he's not because we, we, we get in this. I mean, it's it's Russ talks about it all the time. It's the non-point scoring season and the point scoring season. And during the time when you're scoring points, all of a sudden the guys who are not go away. Like they're they're not. I, I did a show about this a couple of weeks ago where um, I talked about object permanence, and I talked about you know peekaboo with the baby, and and there, like there comes a point when they're about six months where they realize that you're not gone. But right. then when you play fantasy football, you lose object permanence. And so when a guy yeah. gets hurt, he's just gone. You know, he doesn't exist anymore. And and we do. Like the, the value of, of these players that get hurt goes down in the season, and people don't want them. And, and just then, for the record, but the guy that um that, that would be making this that we you would be trading deck to, he is in non-points for season, despite all the positives <laughs> about his team. He he lost in the first round. So um <laughs> So just just for reference on Dak, he's seven points behind Drew Locke right now in the season. <laughs> but Drew Locke is awful, so that's <laughs> yeah. But but like Drew Locke is a starting right. quarterback, has played five more games than than <laughs> Dak. But but Dak is seven points behind him. I'd say he was he was, he was fantastic before he went down. I traded for him in one of my leagues. I traded Mahomes and got Dak and you know obviously I got some some other stuff in return but I was completely out of it this season I'm not in it next season it's a Debbie league so I've got a bunch of guys coming back I've got Trey Lance coming in so I'm hoping he's going to be my QB too and then I ended up making a move where I got Tua as well so mm-hmm. you know either Tua or Trey Lance can be my QB too and now right. I got a bunch of Debbie pieces that are coming in and I you know I can build around what the future is um but that's neither here nor there um but talking about not wanting to build around running backs for a rebuild. I normally would be completely on board with that statement. Um, but knowing what his roster looks like and wanting to draft running backs around when you're going to be successful, having spent time looking at the 2022 class, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it's such a dearth of talent compared to the 2020, 2021 class. And the 2023 class is still developing. So it's hard to completely say what they look like. But I'd I would already be acquiring 2023 first over 2022 first, and unless, unless you know they're going to be top one, two, three, and you're getting you know uh, I, I can't even say Garrett Wilson. Uh, it's it's tough for me to say. I, I like uh, Iowa State's running back. Um, I'm terrible at names at this point. I've been it's 10:30 and I've been drinking for eight, way too long. Uh, <laughs> Iowa State's running back and. Uh, and George Pickens. That's those are the only guys I'm sitting here pounding the table for. Like those are the guys I want. Everybody is else Brees is. Hall? What's that? Is that Brees Hall? Yes, that okay. is Brees Hall. 
I love Brees Hall. <laughs> he he gets he he gets my Jimmy's all all in a in a flutter. But no, <laughs> if, if I can't get if they're not going to be early, don't even I, I don't even care. I don't even know what the end of that first round looks like at this point. Yeah. Um, whereas I, I would I wouldn't trade a late I wouldn't trade a mid second this year for a late first next year. That's how that that's how off I am on the 2022 class. Mm-hmm. But and I've heard that. So I would so I would absolutely be investing in running backs now, even if it's JT, even if it's Dobbins, you know, even if it's if it's a, a running back in this class, I would be trying to get them now instead of picking up whatever you know scraps of pieces you can next year and trying to piece it together because then you're going to get Keyshawn Vaughn and being like, "This is my RB one this season," and then you're disappointed. Um, okay, but, well, I'm sorry, you did more. Um, I, I could talk all day. So, um, <laughs> but th- my other thing is he's got, you know, you say he's got JT, he's got mix and he's got Camara in a point in a, in a quarter point per carry league. I'd be holding all of them, but Mixon, after watching him this season, I'd be real pressed to sit here and say, yeah, he's, I can, I feel super confident in him as a long, long term, long term starter. So it's, re- it's really down to Camara and then two rookies that have, you know, they've had flashes in the pan, but are they going to be the long-term answer? Okay. Yeah. And, and if we were not an hour, 35 minutes in, I would get into that more, but <laughs> let's get into your trade. Cause uh, I feel people are going to start like, you know, falling asleep here. Cause we're talking too much. Oh, sorry about that. I, I, no, I no, I'm not blaming you. I'm just, I'm just, um, I'm just messing around, but my, I'm going to be real quick with mine. Um, I, I, you guys say it's, it's pretty much locked in at the one-on-one. I looked at the, the other teams because this goes to week 16, which I, I, we would have talked about had we had more time, but I like cutting it off at week 13. So the non-playoff teams know what their picks are already already. But I think the guy who's sitting at one Oh two right now has just as good, if not a better chance of getting that one Oh one. So I would be trying to trade that first round pick now while it looks like it's the one Oh one while to a team whose best quarterback right now is Nick Mullins, who I love Southern <laughs> Miss. They're my alma mater, but um, Nick Mullins is not the answer. So I'm trying to trade them what looks like Trevor Lawrence with all the shine and gleam that he has being the shiniest, prettiest quarterback that's come out in at, all, at, at least eight years before he's got the dinge of look going to the Jets or the Jaguars and saying, give me, I want shiny, shiny in return. And I talked to, and the team I found was uh, Saul Goodman, who's also a bottom team. He's the team who he's, he'd be getting his first round pick back. But I want his first. I want Tuco's first and Heisenberg's first, which works out too closely. Either the 103 or the 104, and like, I think it's the 107. As Heisenberg was uh, a first round loss in the playoffs. Yeah, that was. Um, nice. Oh, rough. <laughs> that's that's tough. But uh, no, I I would try and make the argument. Okay, that 103 is probably going to be the 104, so you don't have to worry about that. But but I'd be <laughs> making the argument that that's the 101 because. I Fields is great, but Lawrence is Lawrence. We've been talking about him since right. he was in high school. You know, even guys who don't do Debbie knew Lawrence was coming. So let me get the 104, which I could probably, you know, maneuver into getting Najee Harris, who could easily be a first round running back in a year. And then 107, which could give me whatever wide receiver or running back is left over, you know, even. Or you could trade down even farther and continue to build up more picks and move down and get a Kenneth Gainwell or, you know, any number of wide receivers or Kyle Pitts or Pat Fryermuth or Brevin Jordan. There's so many options in this league because there's so many, it's got such balanced scoring. 
you want to do whatever you can to acquire more picks in this class and having the one one and not needing a quarterback, because personally, I'd rather roll out Herbert and Dak and say, this is my future. And my future has shown me that they can produce and take the, take the unknown that could cause my team to fall apart if it fails and turn that into four shots at making my team better. Yeah, I actually, I love that one. And I think that might be of the three that we, you know, the three of us, I think that might be the one most likely to be accepted actually. Um, because, because yeah, it looks like it could be Trevor Lawrence right now. And, and, you know, everyone already, everyone just, loves trevor lawrence so. i mean they want him over lamar jackson yeah so. <laughs> yeah exactly 58 to 42 so uh and, and like you said that that tuco first is, is 103 104 my first is a mid so uh and you're and they're still getting the earliest second so i think it makes a ton of sense you get a little bit of better uh, draft capital there for yourself um and uh and like you said he has the he has the quarterbacks already to kind of withstand even if it ends up being Lawrence instead of Fields, you know, if it ends up being in the 101, he has the he has the quarterbacks to withstand passing on Lawrence, so to speak. Right. So uh, any thoughts on that, uh, to, Zach, before we move on? No, before the, we finish I, up, I, I should say. I, I like that. The only the only thing I, I don't like about that trade it so you're you're moving up into the first round, but you're not gaining any picks yet. So right. like you, you just traded a first and a second for two firsts. So, so like, I, I like what you're doing and I like that capitalization on, you know, you're, you're hedging against that. It may not be the one-on-one, but we're not quite like, I, I want to, I want to get more picks. If we're building this team, man, I want to, I want to add players in this draft class and I want to add a bunch of them. And, and so, you know, if I can, if I can get like, Two picks for a pick. That's like I want more. I want more picks. Um, but but I do like I I didn't delve in, and that's the other. We talked about this before we started. It's really hard to look at one of these leagues. It's it's hard to have somebody ask you a trade question if you're not in the league and you don't know everything. So like the the potential points or the possible points and and like figuring out exactly who's going to be where. Like I only have to do that and like two leagues and I get my rear end handed to me in those. And so whatever, that's fine. Um, but I, like, I like that hedge. I, I really do. Um, because if it's the one-on-one, you just got way more value that you're going to get for the one Oh two or one Oh three or whatever it ends up. Yeah. The only reason I included the second was because there's such a, it's a coin yeah. flip now about whether it, the, the pick you're getting goes 103 or 104. If it's 104 locked in, I think you can convince easily. Give me the one. Give me the 104 and the 107 for the 101, and you can get that done straight up. But when somebody looks at it and says, "I'm moving down two picks and I'm giving you the 107," like you got to give me something back. Do you say, "Well, I'm giving you Justin Fields, man, or Trevor Lawrence, man"? <laughs> well, I'm not a very good salesman, so. <laughs> I mean, this is this is fifty eight to forty two. Trevor Lawrence, man. <laughs> okay, good good trades, good trades. Uh, and uh, before we finish up here, I must say uh, we're recording on Thursday night, and I'm kind of tilting here because I started Keenan Allen everywhere because he was active and he has one catch for seventeen yards. But oh, don't um, tell me that. <laughs> it's killing me right now. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm gonna just finish up with our business here. 
first, I want to thank Zach for coming on. And Zach, I just want to give you a chance to, you know, say where everybody can find you, give your Twitter handle, all that stuff. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. This is always, always fun to be over here. Um, I am at Tacit Assassin 13 on, on Twitter. Uh, I am a dynasty dummy uh, over at the DFPN network. And right now, if you're listening to this, and and you you two both uh, should pay attention. The Fantasy Football Funhouse does their Festivus episode. I just tweeted it out. Sal Lito just tweeted it out. Kevin Cotillo has tweeted it out. Steven Marcus has tweeted it out. If you're interested in doing a Festivus rant, this show is fantastic. And it's all uh, submissions from people in the community. So if you have something that just absolutely pissed you off this year, and it's 2020, I'm sure you do, uh, <laughs> do, a, do a minute, minute and a half, two-minute rant. And send it in. Uh, the man, I should have the 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 um, email address. I don't have I that. Play up, Keenan right? one, Keenan's one for seventeen is pissing me off right about now. <laughs> I've got. I think I've got him on every playoff team that's still alive right now. I started them every. I was going to keep them out, and I started them everywhere. I had them tonight, and I am now regretting it. <laughs> But the uh, so you s- submit those to the the fantasy football funhouse at gmail.com. Your rants and that like that show comes out next Tuesday, so you're gonna have to get your ass in gear. But <laughs> that is that is a fun show, and that'll that'll be on the network over at DFPN. So okay, and uh, true, you want to just let everybody know uh, where they can find you, and then and then I'll finish up here. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Drew Dotson NFL. Um, I do some writing and ranking over at DLF, mainly IDP, but pretty soon I'm going to be branching out and doing some some prospect breakdowns for Debbie and all on the offensive side, and we'll see how that goes out for me. And hopefully, we'll see the return of the Dynasty Playbook one of these months. But <laughs> you know, I'm not rushing. Okay, uh, I j- just again want to thank you guys for bo- both for both of you for coming on. This this was a great show. That's why I I wasn't too worried that it, it's running super long. Whatever, uh, it was good talk, good football talk. So, uh, but just to finish up, uh, as always, you can find me at Dynasty FF Addict. You can find the pod at Dynasty uh, Junkies, and also make sure you're following the DAP Network at DAP underscore Network. Uh, and please, if you like what you've heard. Uh, give a, a subscribe rate and review to both dynasty junkies and the dap network uh, we really appreciate it helps us uh, know what you what, what you like what you don't like so uh, i want to thank everybody for listening and we'll be back next week junkies out <laughs>